Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. John chapter 3 and verse, let's have a look, uh, number, let's have a look at verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher, come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Jesus answered him and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born Again, can I say the truth of that message has never changed? You must be born again. And, uh, and, and it goes on to say, and this is where I want to really build my message this morning. It says, the wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. I'd like to have a look at another passage for just a moment. <laughs> Uh, the book of Proverbs, chapter 30 and verse 4. I'm only going to read the first part of the verse. And I'm going to build a foundation. I really believe that God wants to speak to us this morning. And it says here in Proverbs 30, verse 4, Who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Another translation says, He holds the wind in his fists. He holds the wind in his hand. Wind is, a, wind is a fascinating thing because wind is unpredictable. Wind is uncontrollable. And the title of my message is No Man Can Hold the Wind. This wind, this uncontainable and this uncontrollable wind, man cannot hold it. God alone holds the wind in his hands. It's interesting Wind can level a city. You look, I remember going to uh, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina and, and Category 5 hurricane belts the city of New Orleans. And New Orleans is a bit of a crazy place. If you've ever been to New Orleans, it's like no other city in the world. The city is actually uh, almost in a bowl under sea level and, and, uh, and the banks of the river, uh, the Mississippi River, become where... The, where is basically surround the whole city, which is shaped like a bowl. And to keep the water out, the water from the Gulf of Mexico and the water from the river and the water from Lake Pontchartrain, uh, they built this city. Uh, basically, they built the city up by the river, but as it grew, it went further in. So they built these levees to keep the water out of, uh, out of the city. And then when Hurricane Katrina came through, yes, there was a lot of wind damage, but ultimately what happened, one of the levees broke and the water from Lake Pontchartrain came and filled the city. And... Uh, Two-thirds of the city was underwater. It's amazing uh, what wind can do. It's amazing the power of, of, of violent wind because it can level a city. It can, it can, it can totally destroy uh, everyday life because of one storm. And, you know, I was reading a bit about wind and, and, and I, I read this story about 
the spread of foot and mouth disease in the, in the country of Ireland. And, and what happened was about 100, and, 100 or so years ago, there was an outbreak of foot and mouth disease in Ireland and England uh, had been spared. It hadn't hit England. And so England quarantined itself. Uh, there was no, there was no uh, movement of people between the two countries. There was certainly no movement of livestock. And, and so they built barns for safety. They did everything they can. They fortified different areas to keep that disease out. But the interesting thing is that disease ended up finding its way to England and it found its way into England via wind. Wind uh, seemed to be able to do what man's abilities couldn't do. And so wind brought a disease in and, and it smacked England. Now, it's interesting, if you've ever been to Los Angeles, California, often smog and highly polluted smog can gather uh, within the the mountains that surround the city. And the mayor got up on TV one day and said, the only hope for cleaning pollution and the smog out of Los Angeles uh, would be for a wind to come in. And it's funny... Right after he said that, that very wind came in and cleared the whole city. It's amazing how one wind can come in and bring, uh, and bring a, a clear day, yet another wind can bring, bring a disease into a nation. Wind is a, is a powerful force, and the Bible says that the wind blows where it wills. The wind blows. The wind is not controlled by anyone. The Bible says God holds the wind in his hands. And, and you know, it's interesting to me that uh, we, we don't talk about it a lot in church and we probably should talk about it some more. But the wind of God is a very good picture of the fact that God is sovereign. God is sovereign. Your faith is not sovereign. God is sovereign. Our faith uh, is one thing, but God's sovereignty will always trump our faith. And, and it doesn't mean we can't have faith. Faith comes where the will of God is known and God's married to his word. And so there's many things that we can access by faith because God made a covenant and he made a promise. But ultimately, God is sovereign, which means God is in total control. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that our God is in the heavens and he does whatsoever he pleases. Another, another scripture says God sits in the heavens and he laughs. In other words, God sits in the heavens and God is sovereignly in control of everything that happens. And, and do you know, man, I, I feel like God's going to do something in this place this morning. But do you know that the God of heaven and earth is, is likened under wind? And I love it because wind is, wind is a powerful force. The American government decided that they would be able to stop hurricanes and tornadoes by this silver bullet that they spent billions of dollars researching and it made sense in theory and so one day a hurricane came or a tornado came and so they popped this silver bullet into the middle of the tornado and all it did was destroy the silver bullet because wind is wind is uncontainable and wind is uncontrollable and that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus the wind blows where it wants to blow why wind why is God talking about wind? It's interesting that Jesus right here, when he's talking to Nicodemus, he says, born of the spirit, the wind blows where it wills. It's interesting. The first thing he says concerning the Holy Spirit is he likens the Holy Spirit to the wind blowing where he wills. Now, it's also interesting that on the, on the day of Pentecost in an upper room, the book of Acts chapter two and verse one, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house 
where they were sitting. A sound, the sound of a rushing mighty wind. It's interesting that that, that really means a violent tempest blast. In other words, of, of hurricane proportions, that was the sound they heard. Now, the reason I'm telling you all about this is because uh, we, we often hear the Holy Spirit referred to as, as oil or, 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 or as a dove or, or as, as a river. Why is the first appearance to the church of the Holy Spirit wind? And I, I wonder if it's, is it because oil loses its viscosity? Is it, is it because, uh, the earth's never satisfied so a river can dry up? Or, or is it because a dove can easily be startled? I, I love to think of the Holy Spirit as the wind of God, even though the Holy Spirit is wind, but is likened thereunto. The reason I love to hear the Holy Spirit referred to as wind is because it's a, it's a, it's a picture of the Holy Spirit that I think actually gives us some insight into how he moves and who he actually is. Because it wasn't a dove that hovered over the earth uh, to perform the will of God when he said, let there be light. It was a, it was a wind that hovered over that, that atmosphere and God said, let there be light. And man, it happened in a moment of time. The reason I, I feel like it's so important that we see God as wind is because God is uncontainable. Uh, God is uncontrollable. God is supernatural. I hear people say, oh, David, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And, and, and it's a nice, it's a nice statement, but you won't find it in scripture. Uh, not one time. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, I don't think they think the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Uh, he killed them for lying about the offering. Now, now it's, it's never, never good when you, get, when you die in church because of the Holy Spirit. But, but, the, the, but the point that I'm trying to make is, the Holy, while the Holy Spirit will never force himself on you, when the Spirit of God is moving, there is, there is an uncontrollable, unpredictable, supernatural thing that takes place by the Spirit of God. And, and I, I don't want to be the kind of Christian that contains God to such a point where the Holy Spirit fits into my paradigm and God fits into my paradigm. I want the wind of God to just do in my life what He wants to do in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen this morning? You know, we, we, we've just moved to Modbury Heights, but we lived in Mawson Lakes for eight years. And we would get these winds that would come we had a playground in front of the house and a bit of a reserve there and and the wind would just blow to a point where we actually had to replace our door handles because it blew the door open the front door open and sometimes and and maybe you've experienced in this house if you live with the gully breeze or, or or where you live if you leave the front door open and the back door open wind can just blow through your house we had this wind blow through the house and and it just messed things up Dirt would blow in, different things. Now, if I wanted to stop that wind coming in, I'd shut the back door and I'd shut the front door. Now, all that would happen is I'd no longer have wind in my house. I'd have, I'd have air. You know, we, we need to understand that the minute we try to control the wind, we're just left with air. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't want our church to be so controlled that, yeah. that uh, all we've got is just a good dose of air when you walk in. I want, I want the breath of God in this place. I'll, I want the wind of God's spirit in this house so when you walk in here, there's that transforming supernatural touch of God that changes things by the grace of God. I don't, I don't want to be a preacher who just preaches hot air. I want the breath of God uh, to flow when I open, open the word of God. The Bible tells us that when the day of Pentecost fully come, had fully come, they're all with one accord. Suddenly there came a wind from heaven. When God said to Nicodemus, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And then he says, the wind blows where it wills. 
there's something about a new Christian. Have you ever been around someone that just, they've just, they just got saved? And, and they believe everything that's in the Bible. I don't, know, I don't know at what point we stop believing everything that's in the Bible, but they believe it. I had a friend who had a friend come up to him, and this friend was a new Christian, says to him, hey, I need, I need a torchbearer. I need a torchbearer. And my friend's going, what are you talking about? He goes, I need, I need someone to uh, hold a torch for me while I walk, because I just read in the book of Acts that uh, Peter's shadow passing over the sick would raise them up, so I need someone to hold a torch past me so my shadow can be cast on people to raise them up and you know my friend was like oh that's quite sweet that's a bit cute and and I guess we, we all think that's a bit cute but you know this new Christian was simple enough to believe and saw God with a simplicity enough to believe that if God said it he can do it and I don't know what happened to us believing that God does what he says he would do uh, the Bible tells us that he heals he sets free he delivers he changes lives and the Bible says Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever and so I want to I guess I want to say to you when did we get over being born again and what day did we get over it Brad you know born again going to heaven eh, whatever I want to be like the new Christian. Every sermon I hear, oh, that changed my life. Any new song I hear, that's the best song I've ever heard. Every church service I go to, that's the best church service I ever went to. And you can't help but tell somebody about Jesus. Why? Not, 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 not because, not, not because you, you're just trying to get in people's grill, but because you just can't keep silent about the goodness of God. Because you can't stop. You've you got to tell people why. He changed me. He set me free. He washed me in his blood. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I'm saved by Jesus Christ. When did we get over? I want to encourage this church. Sometimes we talk about the move of the Spirit and we always preach it in a context of what's happening in this room. Can I encourage you? Forget about this room for one minute. What about the wind blowing in your life? What about in your everyday life? When's the last time you felt the winds of God blowing in your life? The wind blows where it wills. The wind blows. You know, the truth is, if the wind's not blowing, all we've got is religion, you know? If the wind's not blowing, all we've got is man-made, man-centered Christianity. And I, I want to encourage us. Let's say, God, would you, would you blow again in my life, in my family, in my home, in my worship? When's the last time you just spent time with God and he spoke to you? When's the last time you're spending time with God? He ministered to you. When's the last time you had an encounter with God? And I'm not talking about here at church. I pray you have them here. Definitely, but in your own time with God, when's the last time He spoke to you? When's the last time you felt His hand come upon your life? When's the last time God ministered to you, you at your point of faith? I, I really do believe that we're, we, we've, got, we've got to be a people who live for that encounter with God where the wind of God is blowing in our lives in the name of Jesus. And, you know, uh, the Bible talks about when the wind, when, when the wind came on the day, of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. That was the fulfillment of what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, which was, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when he talks about power, did you know there's different words for power uh, in the original Greek language? And we all know dunamis, which is uh, dynamic explosive power where we get the word dynamite. But then there's words like kratos, which is strength, or, or megathos, which is splendor and majesty or exousia which is unrestricted authority or chair which is which really means creating power the power to create the universe 
and, and, and power to control the destiny of man. Can I, can I tell you, when that wind blows, what's blowing into your life is the, is the creative, supernatural, uh, uh, life-giving, supernatural power of God that will change everything about the way you live. I want to live with the wind of God in the sails of my life. Come on, if you believe it, can you say amen this morning? The power within is greater than the forces without. You know, I was reading about the doldrums. You know, the doldrums are basically, and I'll read it just so I get it right, but they are ocean currents just north of the equator where basically the air is very still and very warm. And so historically, sea captains would avoid the doldrums because they didn't want... But because they knew that if they got caught in the doldrums, there would be zero wind and they could set their sail, their sail would sag and they could go days, weeks, even months without even enough wind to move their ship and consequently entire crews would die on those ships because they got caught in the doldrums. I do believe that in church life, it would be so easy for you and I to get caught in the doldrums where, where our spiritual life, there's no, there's no wind, there's air. We can, I mean, there's air, there's plenty of warm air, but, but, but I don't want hot air. I want the wind of God in my life because I, I feel like it's so easy for us to get caught up in the doldrums of life and there, there's no great movement in our, in our walk with God. There's, no, there's no, nothing fresh in our faith. There's nothing vibrant about our walk with God. It becomes very, very staid, very rigid, very religious, very predictable. I want to encourage us as a household of faith this morning to say, come breath of God. I need the wind of heaven in my life in the name of Jesus. We don't want your sails sagging and drooping, but we want them full of the air of God, the wind of the Spirit moving us in the direction God has for us. It says in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Breathed into his nostrils. Isn't that amazing? God breathes into the nostrils of man, and man becomes a living being. Do you know what the wind of God did for Adam? Firstly, the wind of God gave him life. If we don't live with the wind of God in our lives, there's no life. There's just no life. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and life everlasting. How does that life come? Through the wind of God, through the wind that God holds in his hands and releases into your life, the wind of God. Another thing that came into Adam's life when God breathed life into him was seed, the power to reproduce. Can I tell you, when the wind of God comes into our church, into our world, we've got the ability to reproduce who God's called us to be. And, and in and of yourselves, the capacity to be more than what you just are, but reproduce something in the lives of other people. Another thing that was breathed into Adam when he breathed life into him was authority and dominion. Name the animals, have authority, subdue the land. It's all yours. You, you are in control. The, the, the wind of God gives us authority in the, in the spirit. You and I have authority when we catch the wind of heaven in our lives. I don't want to live in the doldrums. I want the wind of God in my sails so there is an authority in my life. Another thing that God breathed into Adam was the power to choose, to choose and make destiny-defining decisions. It turns out he didn't make good ones, old Adam. But you know, we cannot, you know I, I had a friend of mine say when he gets heaven he's going to walk up to adam and and give him a belting is what he said 
you ruined everything. But here's the thing. If it wasn't Adam, it would have been the next guy. Or it would have been the next guy. Do you really think we would have gone generations without eating that fruit? All you have to tell me is it says wet paint. And I'm going to touch it. Don't eat. And then sin enters the world. It's that easy. He was given authority. God breathed into Adam the wind of God. He holds the wind in his fists. There's Moses standing in front of the Red Sea. And he's finally delivered the children of Israel out of Pharaoh's hands. And he wants them to cross over into into the promised land. But they come up against against the sea. They've got no way to get across. We've read the story a hundred times. He lifts up his rod. And as he does, God sends a wind. And that wind parts the waters and they're able to walk through on dry ground. Isn't it interesting? Isn't it amazing how they're winds of provision? They're winds of blessing. They're winds of God's favor. They're winds of opportunity. The wind of God will breathe everything of heaven into your life. And I want to encourage you. Let's be a people who are hungry for God to breathe again. There's an old song that says, The wind is blowing again. The wind is blowing again. Just like the day of Pentecost. The wind is blowing again. I heard someone say, do we, do we need another Pentecost? No, I don't think we do. I think the one we've got is still working fantastic. Yeah. 2,000 years later, we've already, we don't need another Pentecost. We just, let's just walk in the one we've got. When the Holy Spirit fell in an upper room like a rushing, mighty, violent wind, he filled the whole house where they were sitting. I pray that our church would never, would never be the kind of church where where the wind stops blowing. I pray even more than that, you individually, in your homes, in your families, that the wind of God would blow in your world, that the wind of heaven would be, would be real to you in your prayer life, in your devotional life, in your time with God, that the wind of God would blow and you'd feel his presence, you'd feel his anointing. I'm not a perfect man, I don't profess to be, but I can tell you, I've never lost my passion for the wind of God to be blowing in my life. And I pray that it would be something that would happen in this church on a, on, a, on, a, on a frequent basis that you and I would be filled with God's presence, filled with God's power, refreshed by the anointing of God, that we would know the winds of God's Spirit. Adelaide does not need another cookie cutter, safe little church. Adelaide needs you and me, full of the Holy Spirit, full of faith, setting our sails towards that which is eternal, the wind of God. Let's not be stuck in the doldrums. Have you ever felt like you're in the doldrums? I like the word doldrums. The wind of God blows in our world. No man can hold the wind because he holds the wind in his hand. I don't want to control something that belongs to God. Can I say, when James was born, both of my sons being born was Two of the most incredible experiences of my life. I remember uh, the minute I saw James for the first time, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's just, well, let me say this. The first time we had, we had uh, about, we've got two sons, as you know. At the last minute, we knew that Donna had to have a, have a cesarean to, have, to, to give birth to the boys. And so we get there on, on whatever night it was and, and we check into the... It was like checking into a hotel. It was bizarre. You ordered your breakfast and da-da-da-da-da. But the night before, we were eating dinner. I said, should we go to the movies? And she's like, nah. I was like, this is the last time ever that we'll be able to just go to the movies. 
literally ever. I mean, you can, but you need six months of planning, you know. So I remember the next day we get there and we get to the hospital at about 6.30 and we end up going down to the, to the room to have, have James. And I remember I was taken back by all of the stuff, you know, the big light and it's an operating theatre basically. And, and so it's all happening. But I remember it's amazing how all of this stuff captures your, 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 your attention until that little sheet comes down and then you see your boy. And then after that, everything, nothing else matters. I remember I, they, they couldn't stop me. I just got up and I walked over to the table where he was. I just wanted to look at him and, and chat with him and meet him. And, 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 uh, but, you know, the second time when we had Sam, all of those peripheral things didn't capture my attention because I'd seen them the first time. And so it was even, it was even more vivid and more real when you, meet, when you meet a kid. It's incredible. But when they're born... They're born. They cry, they poo, they vomit. They, what, what else do they do? Yeah, one of ours was being weighed and he weed while being weighed. And so I took a photo pre-wee and after-wee and he dropped like point something of a kilo. It's a different reading. I mean, when a man's got to go, he's got to go. But, but the point I'm trying to make, when he was born, I mean, our life changed because they were born. When you're born, it's a, it's a pretty wild thing to be born. Uh, you, suddenly, you, you leave the comfort of your mother's womb. You're now out in real life and, and all the elements are there. You come into the world screaming and you keep screaming. He's four years old now and he still screams. And, and all of this, the point that I'm trying to make is when you're born again, there's an unpredictability about it. It's wild, it's raw, it's natural, it's awesome, and, and it's life-changing. It's all of those things. And when you're born again, it's just as significant. And can I can I tell you this? Let's never, ever get settled with the fact, yeah, I'm born again. Let's actually live with a fire of salvation. Come back to our first love and go, okay, wind of God, come. Blow in my life again, man. That wind blew you into the kingdom of God. And the winds are blowing again. But I was thinking maybe for, the, for, for just a few minutes before we leave, let's take a minute and let the wind blow uh, in, our, in our homes, in our families, in our world. And let's all stand together for just a minute. We're going to get our eyes on Jesus. And let his presence, let's all stand across the house today. And we're going to take some time and just worship the Lord this morning. And let his presence just come and, and do that which only it can do. Let the wind of God set our sails again uh, for the presence of God. In the name of Jesus. And Lord God, today we ask you, have your way. Lord, minister to people. Lord God, I pray that you'd move today. You'd touch hearts and you'd touch lives in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we love you this morning. We believe you're going to do something supernatural in this place. Come breath of God. Come wind of God. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.